Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good worship. I, I want to ask you to do something for me this morning. I want you to place your hand on your heart. And I want you in faith to say to the Lord, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Amen. Bring it, Lord. Bring it. Amen. Okay, if you believe it, he's going to bring it. I don't know what your bring it is, bring it is, but I know what my bring it is. You understand what I'm saying? Remember when we were young, we thought we were tough guys. We said, hey, bring it. You know? And they brought it. But that's when, yeah, we're saying to the Lord, Lord, bring it. Amen. Because you know what? I need it and so do you. You don't need me. We need him. And so today, Lord, bring it. Bring it. Amen. Amen. Crazy, radical Christians. Amen, Lord, bring it. All right, let's pray, and then, and then let's get into the word, and then, Lord, you bring it. Father, we thank you today, Lord. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you for gifts that you've given to your people, young and old. Lord, when we were created, you, visit, you visited us in the womb, and you brought gifts. And Lord, thank you for those gifts. But we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ, your son. The greatest gift. That brought us the gift of salvation. That brought us healing. Deliverance. Hope. And so we bless you. We ask you today, Lord, we thank you for the gift of our pastor. We ask you to bless him today. Minister to him spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. Meet him. Strengthen his hands for the work that is still to be done in the kingdom. We bless you and we praise you. Let the word go forth today and let it produce faith. And let it produce expectation and needs met. Miracles. 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 In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a Amen. Amen. One of the greatest blessings in life is a personal invite. You know, when someone says, hey, I'm having this certain party and I want you to be there. Or when we get an invite in the mail, because it breaks the norm. There's the bills, there's the junk mail, but then there's the invite. And we don't put the invite to the side and open up the bills. We put the bills to the side and we open up the invite because it's special. It's out of the norm. It means something. I don't go and open up the credit card bill and put aside the, the uh, invitation to see What's Discover going to say to, to me this, this, this month? No. I open it up because, hey, there's a party going on, and I'm invited. So one of the greatest blessings in life is a personal invite. Amen. An invitation to a wedding. It's awesome. 
You know, when, when we're young, there seems to be more weddings. You know, and as we get older, we, we get invited to, it's, you know, what's funny is when you're, when you're, when there's a wedding, you know, uh, when you're young, you're kind of, you're closer to, to, to the going ons. And as the older you get, the further back to the, in the, you know, in the hall you get, but you're still invited. We're invited to wedding. Come celebrate the, our union. A birthday. A graduation. The birth of a child. I remember when Riley was born, Pastor Rick called me on the phone. And he said, where are you? I said, I'm at work. He said, get over here. Riley's been born. You know, and I, I, I got to go. I just, you know, it's like I, I've got someplace to be. Someplace that was better than being at work. And you say, well, there's a lot of places better than being at work. But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, like I would, there was a personal invite. Come celebrate with me the birth of my son. And it means something. A personal invite means something. It has the message that you are important. It has the message that you're valued. It has the message that you're liked. It has the message that you're loved. It has the message that you were thought of. It has the message that you're part of a family and you're a good friend. So an invitation is a great blessing in life because it holds great value. You know, it's great when we see it. You know, it's, what's also good is invitations now come where it says, save the date. They let you know beforehand that you have to alter your calendar because something important is happening. So they're asking you to save the date. We want you to be here, so we're asking you to to set aside your calendar, set aside your agenda, set aside your goings on. We're giving you advance notice because we want you to be someplace, because we want you to celebrate with us. We want you to be here because you're important, you're loved, you're valued, and you're thought of. Someone took the time to think of you and to say, come, be with us, come. Just that one word, come, stops us in our tracks. It causes us to evaluate the invite. If the person is a close friend or relative, we adjust our schedule to accept the invitation. If the person is a close friend or relative, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, um, yeah, you know, let, let, me, let me make this happen, let, let me, let me, Adjust my schedule. Yes, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, definitely we're going to be there. When is it? Absolutely. I'll put it in my calendar. I'll mark it down. We're there. We evaluate it. But if the person is not too close, relationally, geographically, if there's been a falling out, the person is not too close, if the person is odd, Come on, come on, don't get religious on me. There are some people, even in this building, that we look at, and, and you may have even looked at me and say, he's odd. Come on now. 
You know, we look at people and say, that person's a little odd. I don't know about that guy. Maybe they stuck their finger in the socket when they were young. I don't know. But they're a little off. Or you're here, they're having a party, and you're like, geez, I hope we don't get invited. Come on. Come on. Don't get religious on me. Get relation with me here. Real. Oh, I don't know. Don't invite me. Don't invite me. Don't invite me. Oh. There are people that we connect with, and there are people that we kind of, we clang with. Clang. Because, believe it or not, we're odd. And so that invites a little bit like, "Mm, you know, what do we have going on? What can we say we have going on? Right? I'm sorry, I got to tie my shoes. You know, uh, you know, uh, 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 fill in the blank. I I, I want it. Oh, I, I, ah. I can't. I, I got to watch the dog. I, I can't. I, I, I want to be there. You know, we, we start to make the excuses. We lie. Because they don't fit our mold. Or there's been a falling out. Or that's ah, too far away. Do we really want to get in the car and drive that many hours? Do we want to get in the plane? Do we, do we want to, you know what I'm saying? We begin to make the excuse, the beforehand excuse, the exit. We're already looking for the exit. So there are invitations that, were, that we readily available and we take, and there are those that we look, we look and we evaluate. Because when the words, when people say, come, it begins to make you evaluate do I want to come or don't I want to come? It's, it's there, and it's the reality of life. There were times when Jesus gave an invitation to come. Some accepted, some rejected his invitation. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, we'll keep the commandments. Which ones? Jesus begins to tell him. He says, I've kept all of those since I was young. And he's being honest with the Lord. And the Lord said, yeah, okay, but there's one thing you lack. Go, sell all that you have, then come and follow me. And what happened? He rejected the invitation, and he went away sad. See, he evaluated the invitation. What's it going to cost me? Right? You ever think sometimes when the value, when the things come, what, what's this one going to cost me? When Jesus gave the invitation, it was a costly invitation. Sell everything you have and come follow me. The man's like, whoop, that's too costly of an invitation. I'm out of here. There was someone that come up to Jesus and said, you know, I'll follow you. And Jesus said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And, another, and Jesus said to one man, follow me. And Jesus, here's the invitation, come, follow me. And he said, ah, I, I got to go bury my dad. There's an excuse. I've got to, I, I have a greater thing to do than the invitation 
that you're placing out to me right now. They place no value in the invitation. Jesus said to them, let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. He says to another one, come follow me. The invitation, come. And he says, I got to go say goodbye to my family first. And he says, no one who puts his hands to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. See, when Jesus gives the invitation, it is a costly invitation, but it's the greatest invitation we can ever receive. And remember the first time you try, when somebody tried to give you that invitation about Jesus? Yeah, no thanks, uh-uh, no. No, you people are too weird. No, you're too religious. No, I'm having a good time in life. No, you want me to give this up? No. Remember, the first time the invitation came, uh-uh, no, no. But after a while, that invitation really gained value because you began to realize every excuse I've laid before the Lord has left me broken, destitute, robbed, unfulfilled. I was like the rich young ruler. I walked away, and all I ended up was sad. So you know what? I'll take that invitation now. And we receive that invitation. And that invitation has brought us great blessings. But then again, look at, the, look at the life of Peter. Jesus says to Peter, come follow me. I'll make you fishes of men. And he leaves his nets and he comes and follows Jesus. He says to the tax collector, Matthew, come, follow me. And he immediately gets up, closes his business and follows Jesus. Zacchaeus, the short man who was up on the tree. I love this invite. He's up there because he's a seeker. He's up there because he can't see Jesus and he wants to see Jesus. So he'll, he'll do anything he can, remove any obstacle he can so that he can see Jesus. And Jesus goes up to him and says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to have dinner at your house tonight. And it changed Zacchaeus' life. He said, Lord, right now, this moment here, I give half my possessions to the poor, and if, <laughs> tax collector, if I've robbed anybody, I'll give them back fourfold what I've stolen from them. You, you have to understand something. The, when the person is of great value or greater influence or greater than you are, you are and they give you an invitation, it can absolutely change your life. It did each and every one of us when Jesus invited us to come see him. So Jesus had given out invites. Some were accepted. Some were rejected. The very first words Jesus spoke to two seekers was the word come and see. In John chapter 1, Verses 35 through 39. I'm going to be all over in different places, so I hope you're taking notes so that you can go back and <clears throat> kind of see this. I'm not going to just be on one portion of Scripture this morning. I'm going to kind of bounce around, all right? Is that okay? Because I want to make a point. I want to kind of show you some things here. In John chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, Again, the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. 
And he looked at Jesus as he walked, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And as Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What do you seek? And they said, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? And he said, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. So here's Jesus, baptized. He had come, in, come out of the, the wilderness. John recognizes him, points to him, says who he is. And two people from the crowd of John break off. And they begin to follow Jesus. Now at a distance. And Jesus turns around and says, you know, what are you after? My translation, not the Bible's. You know, when somebody follows you, you turn around, what do you say? What do you, what do you want? What are you after? And they said, we, we, we just want to know where you're staying. In other words, where's your presence? Where, where are you making your, your presence known? And he says, now imagine, sometimes we read the, the words of Jesus as if it's um, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Can you imagine Jesus would say, come and see? Who would follow that type of invitation? Hey, I'm having a party. Do you want to come? There's no excitement there. Think for a moment when they say, hey, wh where are you staying? And can you imagine like, just, come, come, come on, come, come and see. Come on. You, you know what I'm saying? There had to have been some sort of excitement. Hey, come, yeah, come and see. Come on, yeah, yeah, come and see. There had to be some sort of pleasantness for these people to come and see. And so we see Jesus, and then it says that they stayed with him most of the day. Right, it says, so they came and they saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. So it was about, you know, late in the afternoon, probably about 4 o'clock. But they stayed with him. And then the day after, Andrew goes and gets his brother Peter and says, I think we found. That must have been some great meeting. John went and got his brother James. It's, something happens when we receive the invite to come, and that inviter is Jesus. I want to share with you three unique invitations for you today to respond to Jesus' word to come. Matthew 11.28. The first invitation that I want to share with you is Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I don't care who you are in this room. When you're setting up your invitation list, you're thinking of who you want to invite. Jesus' first invitation. Now, look at this invitation. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Weary. Tired. Run down. Run over, bleary, 
You ever have somebody say, hey, how you doing? I'm dead. Dead. Even sometimes you're dead inside. You just don't care anymore. You've been abused. You've been used. You've been lied to. Mistreated. The weary, the drained, the exhausted, the fatigued, the run down, the spent, the tired, the worn out, the worn down, the beat, the bushed. His invitation goes out to those, those that have a heavy burden, depressed, discouraged, overwhelmed. Don't know if they can take another step, can't take, take it anymore. It's these people that go to bed tired and wake up tired. It's these people that go to bed discouraged and wake up discouraged. It's these people that go to bed depressed and wake up depressed. It's these people that go to bed worn out that wake up worn out. Jesus is saying, come to me. All you that are weary heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Now listen to the rest that he's talking about. Because you can sleep and wake up and still be tired because guess what? You may have slept and given your flesh some energy, but your soul is still in turmoil. Your soul is still carrying the burden. Your mind, when it wakes up, it's the first thing on your mind is, oh no, this again. You went to bed thinking of it, and you wake up in the morning, and it's still on your mind. It's, you're weary from it. You're heavy laden. You're burdened. And, and it just seems you're carrying it, and you can't, and it, 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 there's no way out. But there's an invitation to you today. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He says here, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. See, you, you can go out and buy the nicest mattress. You can go out and buy the nicest sheets. You can go out and buy the nicest pillow. You can go out and buy the nicest comforter. You can go out and buy the nicest curtains to block all the sunlight you want, and you can go to sleep. But if you have no rest in your soul, if you have no rest in your spirit, you're not getting the rest that you need. This is an amazing invitation because it's not given to the carefree. It's not given to the energetic or the person that has it all together. It's given to those that are battered and bruised and weary from the storms of life, from the decisions that come upon them on a daily basis. It comes upon, that's the invitation given. It's not given to the carefree. It's not given to those that are energetic. It's not given to those that, that, that portray as if their life's together. No, it's given to the weary. It's given to the heavy laden. Here's the other thing in this invitation that he's given to you. Not only is he saying to you, come to me, this type of people, he's also saying, look, you're going to find rest for your souls. But then he's also saying, listen, I want to trade burdens. You've been carrying yours for too long. It's kind of heavy. Mine's light and mine's easy. Yours is complicated, difficult, and heavy. But guess what? Let's trade. 
I'll take yours, you take mine. I invite you, you get rest, you get rest for your souls, then I take your burdens, I make it easy, I make it light, and now you have rest. That's a great invitation. <laughs> invitation number two. I love this invitation, because this is the invitation when you least expect it. But you need them the most. It's called a surprise party. Jesus gave one. It's found in Matthew 14, verses 24 through 32. I remember 20 years ago, Fred and Ginny threw me a surprise party. They told me, we're going to have a birthday party for, for your mom, remember? And they said, but we need you to dress up like Norman. Now, some of you don't know who Norman is. I'm not about to show you. <laughs> no, I, but when I was in Bible school, uh, just, you know, I, I was the odd one. I took a picture, you know, suit and tie, you know, Michael Grazioso. And I had a beard at that time, just, you know, and so I, I said, oh, I know what I'm going to do. So I went to the blessing shop. I don't know why they call it a blessing shop because this is people just th throwing away their old clothes, right? So I went and I picked out just the whatever, and I shaved my beard. I put grease in my hair, and I got a pair of glasses. I put a Band-Aid in the middle, and I sat down for my next picture, and I put on the bottom Norman Zeldin. And the picture made it into the yearbook, and the president of the school says, who's Norman Zeldin? And his son goes, oh, that's Mike Grazioso. And he goes, up figures. But so I dress as Norman Zeldin because I'm thinking that I'm going to surprise her mom for her birthday, and I walk into the place and I go, sup, and everybody goes, surprise, and I went, surprise. That was the best surprise party ever. I was surprised. You know, like when you want to throw a surprise party, but somehow the people know they're about to be surprised, but they go along with it, and afterwards they tell you, yeah, I knew it all along. You know, that's, ah. but I'm talking a real surprise. And Jesus likes to throw a surprise party too. Matthew 14, verses 24 through 32. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out into, onto the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worsted him, saying, you certainly are the Son of God. See, the last place you think Jesus would visit you is in your storm, let alone give you an invite. Now, a storm is something, when we go through it personally, it's something that no one else can understand and no one else has an answer for you. It could be a bad report from the doctor. You're the one sick. Everyone else around you 
is healthy. That's a storm. You get a storm that all of a sudden a bill comes and you're unable to pay it. You get a storm, uh, you get a call at a certain time in the morning and someone close to you is in danger or suffered something. And then all of a sudden you're in a storm. See, storms aren't something that you see coming. It hits you immediately. Boom! You weren't even expecting it. And all of a sudden you're in the midst of a storm and you're afraid and you're worried and you're anxious and you have no answer. And you're, you're moving in this storm and you don't know what direction. You don't have an answer. You don't have an immediate answer. That's when Jesus shows up and says, surprise, I'm here. Amen. They're in the middle of a storm. He's walking on the water. Surprise, I'm here. Yeah. See, we, oh, I'm in the storm. No, you're not in a storm because just by the way you're telling me you're in a storm, you're not in a storm. When you pick up that phone and you say to somebody, help, you're in a storm. Well, you're driving, there's tears running down your face because you're so scared for the person in, in, in your life. Oh, I don't know what to do. That's a storm. Or you get something coming in your life. You get a bad report. And it's either you're going to be healed or you're going to die. That's a storm. That's a storm. When you, gotta, when you don't have an answer and you don't know where to turn and you don't know what to do and you're so full of anxiety and there's no one to help you and there's no answer, that's a storm. And Jesus comes walking in the midst of your storm. But here's the beautiful thing about this storm and about this invite. See, only one person had the courage to ask Jesus, is that you there? Are you in the storm? Okay. And tell me to get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. See, I want to say to you today, there's an invite from Jesus and he's saying, come. You got to get out of the boat. See, yes, your storm is raging, but you're clinging onto the one last thing that is your sense of security, the boat. I don't know what your boat is if you're in a storm, but Jesus is saying, get out of the boat, walk on your storm, and come over to me. So let go of the sides of the boat. Let go of the oars. In other words, let go of control. Oh, I don't know where this boat's going to go. Jesus is saying, I don't want you in the boat. I want you to get out of the boat. That's the invitation. Sometimes an invitation can be a little uncomfortable. Get out of the boat. Walk on water. Help! I got you. See? He's not asking for you to act perfectly in your, in your getting out of the boat. He's just telling you to get out of the boat. He's got you. Amen? But get out of your boat. Get out of your boat. And then in the middle of the storm, you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one close encounter with Jesus that immediately you're going to turn around. The storm's still raging, 
You're going to put your arm around Jesus. You're going to start walking back to the boat. You're going to get in the boat, and then your storm is over. Did it not say that in the scripture? It says as soon as they got in the boat, the wind died. Storm was over. Because what happened? You got your answer. You got out of the boat. You walked on the water. You met with Jesus. He calmed all your fears. He gave you his peace. You both turned around. You walked back into the boat. And the storm was over. All because you took his invite to walk on water in your storm. Surprise, Jesus is here. Amen? Amen. So get out of your boat. He's calling you in the middle of the storm. But the, but, but the storm's still raging. Get out of the boat. But the sea's rough. Get out of the boat. But the, the situation hasn't changed. Get out of the boat. But the doctor said that, get out of the boat. But get out of the boat. But get out of the boat. But get out of the boat. Walk on water. Walk in the midst of your storm as Jesus is calling you and draw near to him. and Have that one-on-one -on -one encounter. And then walk back to the boat with him arm in arm and your storm is over. Third invitation is an open invitation. Excuse me, man, I got to take some water. I think I've been talking a little too much. An open invitation, the third invitation, Hebrew 4.16. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. See, this is the type of invitation that never expires. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and grace to help in a time of need. See, this isn't a storm invitation. This is an open invitation. Because you know what? Day by day, minute by minute, moment by minute, hour by hour, something can happen. Whether to us personally or to those close to us. What do we do? Come boldly before the throne of grace. Lord, help. I'm in this situation right now, and um, I don't know how to handle the situation. And I may have kind of handled it wrong back there a little bit. So what I'm coming to right now is for mercy and grace to handle the situation. Come boldly. Oh, I sinned. Oh, I blew it. Oh, my anger got the best of me. Well, that's it. Ah, Forget it. Give up. Throw in the towel. Jesus is saying, come boldly before the throne. Hey, Lord. Hey. Hey, Lord, Father, hey, boldly, boldly. I come here by the blood of your son. I come here out of relationship with you. Hey. And then fill in your hey. Because each and every one of us have a different hey. Hey. Woo. In a moment, any given moment, to receive grace and mercy and find help in a time of need. See, the thing, I don't need anybody. I need the Lord. 
need his mercy, I need his grace because I blew it. Or I need his mercy, I need his grace because I don't know how to handle the situation. I need his mercy and his grace because I need his mercy and his grace. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's an open invitation. It never expires. It's yours by birthright. You have an invitation. The minute you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you got that invite, that invite left, and then now you have a personal guaranteed invitation invitation to come boldly before the throne of grace anytime anywhere any moment at any given hour an open invitation an open door to the throne room to the throne room think about that come boldly to the throne of grace the throne of grace you have an open invitation into the very throne room of God an open invitation I like open invitations because they're great. They're, when I was just got out of Bible school, I was living in Connecticut in this place called Moodis, Connecticut. That, just that word sounds desolate. Moodis. Why do they call it Moodis? Well, of course, the cow's Moodis. I, I mean, it was, it was that type of desolate place. But that's where God sent me by myself. To learn of him, to learn about church, to learn Buddhist. But it was, but there was these awesome people. As I got to know people, there was these people, Mary and Frank Panfilly, and they and they had this little house that was close to the street, and she used to make bread and breadsticks and sell them. Out of, like she had, the house you walked into the first place was like a bakery. And the back is where they baked. But, it, but this house was an open invitation. You didn't have to call and say, can I come and eat dinner on a Sunday? You just showed up. She had this long table. And she, this is exactly why she wanted this house. Because anybody that wanted to come into this house could come into this house on any day, at any moment, sit down and have a meal. And, and it, that, yeah, wow, because we've lost that. But they were old school, the Panfillies. They were, uh, come on in. You know, they were, uh, come on in, sit down. Uh, boom, you know, they load the plate with pasta, and then they, 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 they slide over the Ernest and Julio Gallo with a little glass. Come on, drink, eat. Come on, let's talk. Let's have, let's have fun. That open invitation that you can just get, and I've done it. Uh, what are you doing? I'm going to go to Panfillies tonight. Because you could. Because it wasn't an intrusion. Not on a Sunday. But they made it, come on, sit down, yeah, sit down. They had a long bench on both sides there, and it was a long, oh, the grandchildren and the, everybody, the nephews, the nieces, everybody on Sunday met at the Panfillies. And if you knew the Panfillies and you wanted to come eat, you were part of the family. You sat down and ate, and you had a good meal, and you had a good talk, and you had a good time, and you laughed. And that's the thing with Jesus, is you have an open invitation to come anytime you need him, to get grace, to get mercy, to get help in a time of need. It's an open invitation. The last one is the fourth invitation. But Pastor Mike, you said there were three invitations. I know I don't want to talk about the fourth one, but we have to talk about the fourth one because sometimes we act like the fourth one. So surprise, I got another invitation for you. It's the rejected invitation. 
Then he said to them, this is uh, Luke 14, verses 16 through 24. Then he said to them, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time. It's a good time, supper time, to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said, I, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I asked you to have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and, and I, I'm going to test them. I asked you to have me excused. Still another said, I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall taste of my supper. See, the saddest invitation is the one where we say we can't make it because we're too busy. See, Jesus said, come, let's pray. Lord, I got to get to work. Lord, the kids. Lord, I haven't had my coffee yet. He gives you an invitation, and we make an excuse. Not now, Lord. I, I, I can't, I, 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 my mind, I, I, I can't, no, Lord, not now. See, the saddest invitation is the invitation given, like it says here, come and have supper with me. Remember, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. To anyone who opens the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. So he's given this parable about a supper and an invite and people are making excuses. See, there are times in our life that Jesus is inviting us to come closer to him. But we reject the invitation. See, we hold them at, a, at, an, arm's dip, at an arm's length. We all, immediately we become the Heisman Trophy. We hold them. Nah, I'm not, you know, he wants to talk to you about that thing that you're not ready to give up. I'm not ready yet, Lord. All he's looking to do is talk. Give you his perspective. Not yet, Lord. Always looking to talk, and we make excuses about the invite. And that's the saddest invitation, is when he's giving us a personal invite to draw closer to him, and we make excuses about why we don't feel, feel like drawing closer. The saddest invitation is to reject the call to come because we're satisfied with the status quo. Everything's all right, Lord. Everything, you, you've taken care of everything I've ever needed or wanted. That I feel okay to hold you at an arm's distance. I'm happy where I'm at. And he's saying, draw closer. And you're like, I'm good. Or you hear a message and it moves you on a Sunday morning and you're so used to the status quo of the Sunday morning message 
that when the blessing is given, you get up and walk out. And you missed your blessing. Or you came in and you walked out the same way. With the same burden. With the same worry. Okay, yeah, you came to church. Yes, I, you had your feelies, goodies for the moment. But then you go out and nothing in your life has changed. And Jesus is saying, I'm here. I got your answer. We want miracles but we don't want to press into the miracle maker. We want answers to it. You know, you may pray during the week and then you come to church and maybe your answer is here at church and you're not responding to the answer. You're not responding to the invitation. I was driving in my church. I was driving in my church. I was driving in my car this week and I was so, oh, you know, on my way to work. Now you got to understand... I have to get up now early in the morning to go to work because it's summer hours. So I'm not used to morning stuff. So I'm like, I just want quiet. Or I just want dead noise on, on the, so I'm listening to talk radio as I'm driving leery-eyed to work. And all of a sudden, said to me, no radio tomorrow. I ain't no radio tomorrow. I don't mind. That's easy. Nice and quiet. And as it's off, I start worshiping. I start setting the atmosphere different in, my, in the car. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, because I'm, understand, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm wanting to know what, what I'm supposed to tell you people, given on a Sunday, right? I mean, I'm not going to, you don't want what I have. Really. <laughs> I don't have much. Did, you get it? And the Lord says, He's telling you today to come. See, maybe sometimes we got to understand when those that were too busy rejected him, he said, go out into the streets. Give me the blind. Give me the crippled. Give me the lame. Bring these into it. Where in your life are you blind? Didn't see that coming. Where are you lame? No matter how many times you try to get up and walk with the Lord, you keep falling. Where are you maimed? You used to be able to, and all of a sudden something happened. See, where are you weary? Where are you heavy laden? Where are you finding no peace? Lord's saying today, come. Get what it is you're looking for from him. So, what, which one, which, which will you be today? Will you accept his invitation to come? Or will you admit that in some area of your life, you're poor, you're crippled, you're blind, you're lame? Or will you keep Jesus at arm's length pretending you got it all together? Oh, you reject his invitation because you're satisfied with the status quo. So I'm going to open these altars today. And Jesus, if he said, come, come, because he's got your answer. He's got what you're looking for, and he's going to meet you here today because he said, come. And I'm going to say to you today, come.
Amen. Come to the altars, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and he'll give you rest. You know, we need miracles in the church. And the reason I want to say, why I want to say we need miracles in the church, because how can we bring something to the world if we haven't had it here first? I can't give you something in my pocket that I don't have. See, we need to stop believing Jesus for miracles. I mean, really stop. We need to be driving on Sunday. Lord, we need miracles. Lord, we need miracles. And I want to tell you why. Because some people may say, why do you go to church on Sunday? I don't know. We go to church on Sunday. That's what we do as a family. That's not good enough. See, when a miracle happens, because that's what happened in Jesus' time, then when those people couldn't wait to get out of church to tell people what happened at church. See, when stuff starts happening at church, we start telling people outside the church what's happening at church so they'll come in church and find out what's happening at church and then start to become part of the church. We need miracles again in the church. See, then when somebody says, well, why are you going to church? You can actually reach into your pocket because you got something to give them. Amen? Amen. Lord, right now we ask you to renew miracles in the name of Jesus. Lord, we can't, we're not happy with the status quo, and neither are you. We want more. Lord, bring it. Bring it, Lord. Bring it. Amen. Lord, you got to do something that blows our hair off our head. We need something that, we need, we need, good, we need news, that the news of you would spread. And Lord, send revival, send renewal. Meet us here in greater measure in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen.